Good morning, River Church. I'm Matt Engel. I'm one of the pastors here at the River, and it's good to be with you. Uh, you know, this is our last Sunday in June, and as just I'm thinking back of, over this month of all that's happened, um, there's been some some really startling times. There's been times of um, chaos. Uh, there's been times also of celebration, though, with graduation. And I think about the way in which God has led us through all of that. And despite in those uh, kind of um, hard moments and even in the times of joy that uh, God is present with us and he wants to speak to us. And we're gonna start our new series this Sunday uh, about awaking the sleeping giant, about following Jesus in our world today. And do we have the ears to hear what God is saying to us? Will we awaken our passion for him? Um, really the theme of it is, of this message uh, today is about finding your first love again, and that being Jesus. And so I hope wherever you are, if you're gathered uh, at your own home, or if you're gathered, gathered in a home church with other people, uh, or if you're even on vacation uh, in another home, in another state, uh, watching this, I hope that um, you have ears to hear this morning what the Spirit of God wants to say to you. And then also what the Spirit wants to say to us collectively as the River Church and as the global church, what God has to say to us this morning. Uh, summer is underway, summer programming, Tide and Rush, River Kids, we're all doing a lot of stuff. Our River uh, interns are working hard and God is at work. And let's continue to listen well and be led by Him as we uh, proceed in living in resurrection life. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great
the earth and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will Oh 
Jesus Christ, my living hope. Let's sing hallelujah. And hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation. morning and welcome River Church. We're glad you're back with us. Many of you are still watching from your home, which is great, but we're entering a new phase as a church and many have joined together in backyards to watch this service together and then respond and pray together. We need to be together and I'm glad you're together right now. Maybe you're in a backyard, maybe you're in somebody's home. Listen into this message that I bring you this morning and then interact together. Today we start a new series, and the new series is out of the book of Revelation. And you say, well, Revelations is about the end times. Yes, it is. It's about the future, but it's also about the present because John writes this revelation, and Jesus comes and delivers him seven messages to the seven churches of the Roman province of Asia. At the very beginning of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3, seven messages that are pertinent messages to the church today. We are living in a time like no other time in history. 
um, Michelle uh, Goldberg from the New York Times writes this. She says, we have visited some of the most traumatic experiences of the past century in the last five months. 1918, 1929, 1968, 1974, all in the last five months. The Spanish flu, the Great Depression, uh, uh, 1968, civil unrest, and finally, in an impeachment and resignation of a presidency. All in the last five months, we've experienced that level of turmoil. Not exactly like that, but most certainly the weight of it. One particular author says, it has caused a pandemic of the soul. And here's my question. Will the church wake up to a new reality and not sleep through this? Reminds me of the tale of uh, Rip Van Winkle. He's a Dutch American living in the 1700s and he leaves his house with his dog because of a nagging wife and runs into a stranger who is carrying a barrel of beer up a hill. He continues to follow him up, drinks all of his beer, falls asleep, and sleeps for 20 years, and he misses the American Revolution. Wakes up and, reali and realizes King, Jar King George is no longer in charge. It is now George Washington. I don't want the church to repeat that tale. We cannot sleep through this moment in time. I believe what Jesus is saying through seven pertinent messages in Revelation is awake church. Do not sleep through this cultural moment. Awake and arise and be the church in culture today. May the church not repeat that tale. What does Jesus have for us? What does he want us to understand? I want to look at the very first one out of Revelation 2, and it's the first seven verses, and it's the, the message to the church of Ephesus. It's where it all starts. And this is the message to the church of Ephesus. Ephesus was like the center of all the other churches. It was like the center of a wheel, and all the spokes come out from the center uh, all the different churches, wherever you go from Ephesus, you're going to another church. It was the center. It was the hub. It was a powerful, powerful community. I've been to Ephesus. They say it will take over 100 years to fully excavate this particular city. It's a massive city. It had theaters and libraries and uh, amphitheaters. Uh, it had a huge harbor, it had temples. It was, um, it was the center of trade and commerce and travel in the Roman province of Asia. And this is the place to start, and this is what Jesus says to that church. And this is what he's saying to us this morning. Here's the message. This is where it starts. If we want to be culturally relevant, if we want to enter into the dialogue and be part of the solution of the future of this generation, this is what Jesus says. The angel of the church of Ephesus writes, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this. He's speaking of Jesus. Jesus is the one who holds the seven lampstands, which are the seven churches. I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance 
and that you cannot tolerate evil men. You put to test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. And you found them to be false, and you have persevered and endured for my name's sake, and have grown weary not. But I have this against you. You have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen. Repent and do the deeds you did at first. And then I am coming. And unless you do not repent, I will remove your lampstand from its place. Jesus says, yes, if you do this, and we know that you will, he who has an ear, let him hear. The Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, I will grant him to eat the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Here's the point. I was down in the Malaga Cove Plaza a few days ago. I could hear the horns honking on Palos Verdes Drive West. And so I got on my bike and drove down, rode down. And there are all these kids, young high schoolers, high schoolers out on Pals Verdes Drive West. Pals Verdes, Pals Verdes uh, Estates, police officers were, were uh, protecting and, and uh, right behind them, uh, listening in as they were cheering and chanting and horns were honking as people were driving by. There was so much excitement. There was a level of of expectation in the air as they were protesting racism and hatred, bigotry in America. They want to see a different future. They want to see that. And as I, I approached, I, I wondered, should I enter in or not? I mean, I, I was like, nah, it, it just, I don't know. Should I do that or should I just applaud from, from a distance? Should I just pray? And I entered in, I, I crossed the threshold of fear to enter in to their experience, to our collective experience, that we want to see a better world. We want to see things change. And Jesus is calling on the church to be that change. One particular author said that the state of culture may depend ultimately on the behavior of believers in that culture. You, do you hear what they're saying? It's up to us. It is up to us to be the change in culture that will make the difference. But will the church wake up? And what Jesus says, what has to happen, it all comes down to one thing. I know your deeds. I know what you're doing. You're persevering. You're enduring. You're enduring. But you have left your first love. Your first love. It all comes down to one thing, your first love. We will never enter into the dialogue and be part of the solution unless we recover this one thing, our first love. If you've lost it, you got to get it back. And so the message that Jesus gives us is very clear. It's, it's written in a pattern. And the pattern is repeated for all seven churches, by the way. And the pattern is a compliment followed by a correction and ending with a commendation. Each one of them, all three letters, all seven letters are the same. The compliment is you're enduring, you're working hard, 
You're hanging in there. You're defending the church from false teaching. You're holding to theology and doctrine. You're working hard. But then the correction, but you've lost your first love. And if you return, I commend you. And I will commend you and you will enter into the paradise of God and eat from the tree of life. That's what Jesus is saying. And so here's, here it is. The work of Christ without the love of Christ stifles the message of Christ. Because what Jesus says here is as if you do not recover your first love, your lampstand will go out. The church will be irrelevant in culture unless we maintain our first love for Christ. And we can do all the right things. We can work hard and diligently. We can do all the deeds. We can, we can hold to the theology. We can stand firm for Jesus. And yet if we lose our first love, we lose our mission. That's what Jesus is saying. We, our lampstand will go out, our message. So the work of Christ without the love of Christ will stifle the message of Christ. Your lampstand is your witness in the world. And, and this is key, listen to this. People see you for who you are through the lens of your first love. I find that all throughout scripture. First Corinthians chapter 13, James preached on that a, a few weeks ago. And in verse two, just one of the verses, it says, if I have the faith to move mountains, if I have that kind of faith to move mountains, but I don't have love, what, is, what does Paul say? I'm less, I'm not as effective. He says, I am nothing, nothing without love. Faith without love is nothing. I mean, that is a profound statement. You have to think about that. And Peter says it this way, this way in 1 Peter chapter four, in verse eight, he says, keep fervent in your love, fervent. The word fervent is like the idea of the fizz in a soda. Have you ever seen the fizz in a soda go out? It's no longer a soda. Nobody drinks a flat soda. It just doesn't taste like soda. It's not soda anymore. The fizz is the soda. As the fervency of our, faith, of our love for Christ is our witness. That's what Peter's saying. Let me illustrate it. When I was in college, uh, I went to UC Berkeley and I lived in a fraternity all four years. And I was a follower of Christ and, and uh, I was growing in my faith during my college years as, as I uh, studied and, and uh, I also played rugby and, and I had a great college experience. But looking back on the way in which I approached my relationship with my fellow fraternity brothers, I find, I look back now and I see what I did. I was standing against immorality. I was living in the context of immorality. And I was standing against it that I saw all around me. Yet I did it in a way that made my message bitter. And I, and I, I regret the way in which I approached I mean, I had great friendships. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a total mess. It wasn't a total loss. And yet, if I had corrected one thing, it would have, the outcome, I think, would have been far better. 
Maybe that's the best way of saying it. What I didn't realize is that my fraternity brothers saw me through the lens of moral disgust rather than through my first love. And I wished that was more predominant in my life, in those years of my life. Listen up, high schoolers, college students, as you enter into an environment, a culture that's radically different than your values, take this idea with you. I loved being right more than being a loving person. And out of your first love comes a totally different witness. So how, what do we do? Before I describe how we regain that first love, here's some signs. You might be thinking, have I lost my first love? Here's three signs. Number one, the loss of joy. If the joy in your life has gone out, if it has been replaced with routine, expectation, demands, I gotta do that, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta tow the rope, I gotta tow the line. I, I just, that's what I gotta do then maybe you've lost your first love. It has become an obligation, not a passion. The second thing I, I, I would write as a sign, possible sign that you've lost your first love is that it's your loss of ability to love others. Have you become more bitter? Have you become more judgmental? Have you become more condemning than loving? Think about it. And the third is your loss of a healthy sense of self. Have you become so self-focused that it's about me? The disruptions for my life, the things that I have lost, things that have affected me, it's an unhealthy focus on yourself. Regaining your first love. What does Jesus say? Simply, these three things. Here it is. You have left your first love, therefore... Here it is in verse five. Remember from where you have fallen, repent and do the deeds you've done at first. Three things, remember, repent, and return. Three things, remember when you first came to Christ. Remember the joy, remember the excitement, remember what it was like to be a believer when your eyes were open to the reality that Jesus is alive and that he has brought salvation into your life and you're in relationship with God. I remember those days in high school, no question. First verse I memorized in the scripture, Psalm 37 verse four. If you seek your heart, if, uh, let me say it again. Psalm 37 verse four. Seek your desire in the Lord and he will give your heart's desires. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful verse. I remember in high school memorizing Psalm 139, the whole Psalm. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart. You know where I am. You know where I sit or stand. When far away, my, you know my every thought. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. I mean, I could just continue on. I memorized that in high school. I remember the excitement of scripture. I remember reading through my first Bible that I got. My, my mom took me down to buy me a Bible and I started reading through that. I remember reading Come Away, My Beloved. I have no idea what that book was about, but, but that was a devotion for me. I remember the excitement of living in that faith. That's what Jesus is saying. Remember back. Maybe you need to get that back. Repent. 
See, repentance is the changing of your mind. It's the changing of your ways. It actually, metanoia, which comes from the the Greek word uh, uh, to change the mind, actually is a Greek mythological figure. Uh, And uh, she's a goddess. She's a goddess of disappointment. And we find her next to Kairos. And Kairos is the the god of opportunity. And he has wings behind the heels of his feet. And he has wings on his back. And he's able to kind of push through life and, and literally fly through life with his wings. And there's a beautiful painting of Kairos next to Metanoia. And Metanoia's disappointment, lost opportunity. And you see this athletic, godlike figure of, of, of Kairos, the moment in time, opportunity. And then you see Metanoia, repentance. And she's looking down, kind of a shadow fixture, uh, figure looking down on, uh, on Kairos, saying, you've lost your opportunity, return. And that's exactly what repentance is. Regaining the opportunity to do what you did be first at, at first, which is to hold on to your first love so that people will see that more than they see anything else in your life. It will control the narrative of your life. And thirdly, it's, he says, Jesus says, return and repent and do the deeds. So return now to those deeds that you did at first. Dallas Willard calls them spiritual disciplines. And he says this, he says, the spiritual disciplines are the conduit of the Spirit's transforming grace in your life. And I would add the Spirit's transforming love in your life. The disciplines are the way in which we get back to our first love. What are you doing? What is happening in your life? What are those disciplines in your life that are helping you regain your first love for Jesus, which is your witness to the world? As I mentioned early in this message, we are truly living in a time like no other time. And I believe Jesus is calling on us to be in this culture for this time to bring about the greatest amount of change, but it won't happen until we regain our first love. What's happening in our country right now is a national dialogue that we enter into dependent on our first love. It all depends on that. Um, I mentioned a book last weekend in our interview uh, with Joseph Hamilton a book written uh, entitled Many Colors by Sung Chan Ra. And he says that most cultural clashes happen at the internal level. Do you recognize what he's saying? Internally, what is going on in your life determines how you respond to a cultural clash. If Christ is at the center of your life, he's the first love of your life, then you enter into that dialogue lovingly with patience, with kindness, with an open ear to listen. 
That's what our country needs right now. And with a desire then to do the deeds that Jesus affirms in us. It's not the other way around. So this morning, think about it. I want you to uh, just pause now, take some time and reflect on that. How do I regain my first love? And how is that first love impacting people around me? So here it is, my alabaster heart. I'm keeping nothing back from who you are. No hidden treasure veiled by key or lock. You're a lifetime worth of worship, and that's only just the start. So here it is, my every waking.
So let it rise like incense. My whole life, a fragrance every ounce here broken at your feet. And every breath is an offering. My heart cries, these lungs sing over you. have passed away your love has stayed the same your constant grace remains the cornerstone things that we thought were dead are breathing in life
our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus our affection our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus our affection our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus we Todd for that message and thank you for leading us in discerning how the Spirit of God is speaking to us today. You know from your message I thought about those three R's you mentioned there at the end. Remember, repent, and return. And then you said that the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines are the way back to our first love, the way back to Jesus. I know for me that really hits home and I think this week I really want to practice the discipline of solitude and of reflection. And I think about the end of Psalm 139, the psalm that Todd quoted there, the psalm that he had memorized. In verse 23 and 24 it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. To me that is the practice of solitude, the practice of reflection of going inward and saying, God, what is inside of me? Test me and know my thoughts, God, and examine me, and then God lead me. So as we close today, I wanna encourage you, what spiritual practice will you uh, focus on this week as a way to get back to Jesus, our first love? Let's pray. God, thank you for this Sunday. Thank you that in you we have resurrection life. And thank you, God, that uh, th through the disciplines, the practices of prayer, of worship, God, of reading scripture, of memorizing the word, God, we can kindle our love for you. And so this week, God, may we collectively uh, and individually set our focus on how to regain our first love, that being you, Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, River Church. Have a great week.